Next man up, Louis Domingue steps in and stops 25 of 26 shots to key the Rangers 4-1 win over the Minnesota Wild. We talk about his performance as well as a huge night for Alexi Lafreniere. All this and more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 937 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. I want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Rangers basically just keep rolling here. A pretty solid performance at home against the Minnesota Wild, getting a little bit of payback for that 5-4 to four shootout loss they had not too long ago. And the Rangers now 8-0-1 in their last nine games. This is no joke. I mean, this is a heck of a stretch that they're going through at the start of a season. I mean, that's 17 out of a possible 18 points. Uh, I think that's pretty darn good. And obviously, the Rangers in this game were keyed by their third-string goalie, essentially, Louis Domingue. Louis Domingue had not played in an NHL game since the playoff series between the Rangers and Penguins two years ago. He was, of course, on the Penguins at that time, uh, starred game six, lost that game, but overall played pretty well in that series. You know, he was in there from, I think, game two through game six, if I'm remembering correctly. Obviously won uh, a couple of games there, games three and four for the Penguins, and uh, has been signed by the Rangers. And I think Deming's performance against the Penguins in that series might have played a role in the Rangers signing him. I uh, just kind of bring him in as organizational depth before last season, signing him to a two-year contract. He spent all of that with the Hartford Wolfpack until last night. He steps in, and apparently he's ready to go, once again, stopping 25 of 26 shots and really keeping the Rangers in the game during the second period. The second period was by far the worst period of the night for the Rangers. The Wild, after not being able to do so in the first period, were able to kind of get their forecheck going a little bit and obviously spending a lot of time on the Rangers' side of the ice. The, the rink was tilted in the Wild's favor for the entire second period, and they were able to tie the game were the Wild. You know, they, they got their one goal in the second period there on a deflection, but Louis Domingue basically standing on his head throughout that entire middle stanza there and uh, keeping the Wild from, you know, potentially taking the lead, maybe even pulling away because that was a pretty one-sided period in favor of the Wild. But the Rangers, for the most part, I said on Twitter, you know, one of you guys mentioned on Twitter that it's going to be hard to win this one going with your third string goalie. And, you know, that's true and everything, but I mentioned, you know, that the best chance that you have if you're the Rangers is defend well around him give him all the support that he needs. And I think for the first and third periods in this game, the Rangers definitely did that. And when they didn't do that, second period, Louis Domingue more than up to the task. It's interesting because uh, Louis Domingue obviously started this game. Uh, not to be forgotten here, though, Dylan Garan was on the bench, dressed for this game. It was his first time dressing for an NHL game. And, uh, you know, should have anything have happened to Louis Domingue, it would have been on to the four-string goalie, which is, of course, Dylan Garan. And, um, you know, obviously Dylan Grand might have a future with the Rangers, former fourth round pick. And uh, I think they seem pretty high on him and he's done pretty well for the Hartford Wolfpack as well. Uh, but this was Louis Domingue's night once again, uh, just basically shutting down the wild anytime that they got a quality scoring opportunity. And to kind of look at some of his better saves for the night, again, first period wasn't really tested that much. There was 
Very early in the first period, a chance for the Wild. Uh, the Wild had sort of a late developing two-on-one rush into the Rangers' zone, and Boldy attempted to shoot rather than pass, and nice save by Domingue, you know, fought it off, and at that time, you got some kind of quiet Lou chance. You know, I think most Ranger fans were aware of the fact that no Igor, no quick, you know, Louis Domingue was going to be in net for this game, but as the night went on and Domingue started to make more and more saves and tougher and tougher saves as the game continued, those Lou chants got louder and louder. And by the end of the game, I mean, the Ranger fans were loving it. He was really doing a nice job uh, stepping in there, of course, for Igor Shesterkin and Louis Domingue. But his best saves, I think, came in the second period. Made some nice saves in the third period as well down the stretch, and we'll get to those. But in the second period, you had Boldy taking a shot from the right circle. Uh, tough save there, you know, just kind of fought it off. Made the save on the rebound as well. And that's the first, like, loud Lou chant that he got on the night because the back-to-back -back saves there, the fans obviously appreciating uh, him making those stops. And then uh, made a really nice save on a slap shot. And right after the slap shot, you had Johansson going around behind the Rainer net, looking to probably score on a, a wraparound try. And Deming read it all the way, uh, pushed over to the right side of his crease and closed off any opening that there was between uh, himself and the post and kept the puck out. So another nice couple of saves there for Deming, for, first on a slap shot, then on a wraparound opportunity. And then you get Kaprizov. You know, he's moving toward the net and takes a shot from the left circle. And we know he's dangerous, one of the better young players in this league. You know, we talked about that during our crossover episode with Seth from Locked On Minnesota Wild. And uh, Kaprizov, you know, anytime he gets a chance, he's a threat to score. And in this case, you know, Deming had to fight it off, didn't catch it clean, but got a piece of it his glove, kind of bobbled it a little bit, caught it, held on, and got the stoppage. And all these saves that I just described here, they all happened within the first, you know, eight or nine minutes of the second period. He was really under fire and really held down the fort. Eventually, yeah, the, the Wild score on deflection, and they tied the game. But for the most part, uh, Louis Domingue just shutting them down in the second period where the Rangers clearly did not have their A game at all. Uh, third period, Rangers by this point are up 3-1. to one, And you've got the Wild pulling their goalie with 3.15 left. Uh, props to Jacob Truba and Nick Bonino. The two of them both made nice plays on the puck to uh, prevent some good scoring chances for the Wild. Uh, but Domingue handled the rest. He uh, robbed Zuccarello, which is 2.27 to go. Wild pass from behind the net in front to Zuccarello, who was somewhat open, got a shot from a you know high danger scoring area on the ice there. And Domingue able to, to square it up and hang on for the save. And, uh, you know, Zuccarello kind of hung his head after that. He, he probably was in disbelief, as a lot of us were, that the Rangers were going to play the Wild and Matt Zuccarello was going to come away with no goals on the night. That That's kind of a miracle in and of itself there. But great save by Deming. And then there was kind of a weird situation here. Again, Rangers are up 3-1. You got about two minutes to go at this point. And there's a face-off in the neutral zone, but on the Rangers' side of the ice. And all of a sudden, the camera is on Deming, and he's only got his glove on. And suddenly he just kind of starts scrambling. His blocker and his stick were both on the top of his cage. Um, and, you know, they he, he went to get both of them. But we didn't realize, because the camera hadn't shown it yet, was that the puck had dropped on the faceoff. So play was play was live. You know, the puck was in action. And um, Louis Domingue didn't have all of his equipment on. So I'm not too sure what happened there. I think that he was, you know, asking the ref to, to allow him to, you know, maybe adjust his equipment or something along those lines. But, yeah, he had to scramble to put his blocker back on, pick up his stick. Uh, the good news is that, you know, by the time that the Wild got the puck into the zone, Deming was, you know, he had all his equipment back on and he was ready to go. But just kind of a strange situation there, something that you certainly don't see 
uh, every day. But it was a lot of fun. You know, again, just, just seeing a goalie that has kind of been an NHL journeyman, just kind of bounced from team to team, spent a couple of seasons early in his career with the Coyotes. And since then, I mean, one team, one goal with this team and or one game with this team and then another game with another team and then six games with this team. And again, just kind of the definition of a journeyman, but he's been with the Rangers the last couple of years. And nice to see him come in here and, um, you know, obviously play very well. And it's probably also worth noting that Louis Domingue after this season is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, he signed a two-year contract with the Rangers. This is year two of that contract. And I'm sure he'd like to get back into the NHL full time and uh, not to, you know, just be an AHLer. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it after the season, and we'll see if somebody gives him that opportunity and signs him to an AHL deal. Um, but for the time being, obviously, this is the kind of performance that's going to help him achieve that goal because I can only assume, like I said, that Louis Domingue wants to get back into the NHL and not just be an AHLer. But that's another conversation for another day. This is an awesome performance by Domingue for the Rangers. His teammates looked really happy for him, and, I mean, honestly, how could you not be? He was the second star of the game as well. Uh, was smiling from ear to ear when he went out there. Got a nice reaction from the Garden Faithful. And, of course, those loud loot chants already catching on uh, for, for Louis Domingue. I, you know, if you're a Raider goalie, you you need a thing. You have the Henrik chance for years. Now you've got the Igor chance. Um, there were even some Halak chance last year. With Quick, I, I don't know. I don't know that he really has a thing yet. But, obviously, with Louis Domingue, you're going to get the loot chance, uh, any chance that, you know, the, the Garden has to give it to you. Um, they'll, they'll go with that champ, but Hey, next man up. Am I right? Obviously the Rangers have been dealing with some injuries early this season. Adam Fox has gone down. The rest of the Ranger D men have stepped up, uh, Philip Hedo, uh, suffering from an upper body injury right now as well. Vincent Trocek has stepped up big time for him on the second line there. And now even at goalie, we had Jonathan quick step up for Ewer Shesterkin. And now at least for one night, Louis Domingue stepping up big for both of them. So great to see awesome stuff all around. Got to keep everything rolling. Just a second here. I want to Get to a uh, big night for Alexi Lafreniere. Really, it was a big night for that entire line, but we're going to focus specifically on Laffey, who had uh, one of the best games that he's probably ever played in the NHL. We'll get to that and a whole bunch of other stuff in just a second. But first, we definitely want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean that you need to fall behind on vendor payments payroll, or rent for more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital. From $5,000 to $1.5 million, Parkview Advance can approve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you might imagine. We invite the many entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL fans to learn more by calling us at 203-675-0071. Again, that is 203 203- 675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by collective.com. If you run a small, a solo small business, you're an army of one but you still need a CPA, bookkeeper, separate payroll solution, and more. Let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of business. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion, not your paperwork. Let Collective handle all the paperwork you dread, like corporate formation and compliance, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. The best part? It's at a fraction of the cost of a CPA. 
Collective knows that if your business of one makes over $80,000 a year, you will find the most value from their services. Join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with their structure. Right now, Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash NHL and tell them on NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash NHL and tell them on NHL sent you. That's collective.com slash NHL and tell them on NHL sent you. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, definitely stick around. I'm thinking we're probably going to do a Sunday episode. The Rangers play the Blue Jackets on Sunday. Then they have a lengthy break after that. But we'll come back here Sunday night with a post-game episode. Should be a lot of fun and hopefully uh, celebrating another Ranger win heading into the break there. But I want to turn our attention to Alexi Lafreniere. Actually, in just a second, though, because I also wanted to make mention of the fact that this was Military Appreciation Night. Uh, this game occurred on Thursday, which is uh, two days before Veterans Day. Of course, a lot of people are off Friday. I'm fortunate enough to be off myself for, for Veterans Day here. But a uh, great time to do it, obviously. You had Stefan Matteau in the audience. He presented a personalized jersey to retired Chief Mike Ellis of the U.S. Navy. Uh, also in the third period, and I apologize if I don't correctly pronounce this gentleman's name, but uh, from what I could hear from what Sam Rosen said, Aguiel Thierry, uh, a retired member of the Navy, 99 years old, he got a jersey presented to him as well. And there were other things going on throughout the entire night, but the Rangers, Mass, and Square Garden, they always do a really nice job with all these different theme nights that you see throughout the entire season. So uh, last night was ab absolutely no exception. And to all the veterans, a uh, big thank you to, to all of you for everything that you've uh, ever done you know, for this country. Um, to keep everything rolling and focus back on the Rangers here, though, uh, big night for Alexi Lafreniere, one of the... Uh, Probably one of the better games that he's played as a Rangers. I mean, it was a three-point night, so that in and of itself uh, obviously stands out. But just playing with a ton of confidence right now. And we've talked about, you know, the uh, the Panarin bump. That's something that's kind of been a theme on here ever since we started Locked on New York Rangers. Anybody that plays with Artemi Panarin, you're going to see at least a slight uptick in your offensive production. You put somebody with the talent of an Alexi Lafreniere with him, and obviously the sky is the limit. And, um, you know, he's been a little bit up and down to start the season. Lafreniere started hot cooled off for a little while, seems to be picking it back up five points in his last three games. He's got a three-game assist streak, so that's nice to see as well. But huge night here, um, scores the game-winning goal, ends up with two assists. He was a plus two on the night, four shots on goal in 14 minutes and 31 seconds of ice time. And to go ahead and kind of break down the big moments for Alexi Lafreniere, all the goals that he had a hand in, uh, to begin with, the goal that opened the scoring in the first period, the only goal of the first period. Uh, you've got the Rangers ending up on a power play here. You had, or no, it was not a power play, excuse me, but Eric Gustafson, I'm thinking of the power play, and I know that Adam Fox is out right now, so I see Gustafson in my notes and had to be on the power play, but Gustafson's been awesome. He made a fantastic play here. It looked like the puck was going to come out of the Rangers zone. Gustafson pinches, you know, trusting his instinct here, and is able to basically reach around one of his opponents and reach out with his stick, poke the puck, keep it alive in the offensive zone. Uh, he makes a, a quick move and then passes to his left to Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere quickly dishes back in front to Vincent Trocek in the center of the ice. Trocek is in prime real estate there. He lets it fly. He scores. And for Trocek, that was his third goal in the last two games. For Gustafson, 
five points in his last three games. That was his 200th NFL, NHL point as well. So uh, big congratulations there. And Lafreniere, as we mentioned, an assist in three straight games. So awesome to see all three of those guys contributing recently. And for Lafreniere, just an excellent pass. It all started with a fantastic play by Eric Gustafson at the blue line. He continues to just be, uh, again, the steal of NHL free agency. I, I cannot imagine there's a guy making six figures that has played as well for his new team as Gustafson has for the Rangers. So uh, Gustafson to Lafreniere to Trocek. Nice to see all three of those guys continuing to step up. And then uh, to shift the attention back to Lafreniere exclusively here, we go to the third period. It's tied one to one at this point. And less than two minutes into the third period, really nice play by Vincent Trocek. He breaks up a pass in front of the Ranger net, just kind of chipped it ahead to Artemi Panarin. That play by Trocek, uh, you know, kind of sprung this two and one, kind of set the wheels in motion here. Panarin's up the right side. He's delaying with the puck, kind of making the defender, I think, wonder what Panarin's going to do with it. He holds onto it for as long as he can, passes to Lafreniere on the other side of the net, and Lafreniere tips it into the net and uh, makes it three to one or two to one, in, in, in fact, in favor of the New York Rangers. All started with a heck of a play by Vincent Trocek and Panarin and Lafreniere taking care of the rest. The two of them seem to have impeccable chemistry early in this season. And it's awesome to see, you know, Lafreniere getting involved and uh, having a big night here because they need him. You know, we've talked about this plenty of times, but when those young players really reach that next level, that's when the Rangers become uh, very, very dangerous. And uh, nice to see Lafreniere scoring a goal here, giving the Rangers the lead, what turned out to be the game-winning goal. Lafreniere also had an assist on the Blake Wheeler goal. Blake Wheeler got his first goal of the season. We're going to talk about that one just a little bit later when we discuss the Rangers' third-period dominance and uh, the fact that they were basically able to flip the script from the second period to the third period. Awesome to see the Rangers basically just do a complete 180 between uh, the second period and the third period and be at their best when they needed to be. But what a night for Lafreniere. What a night for the Panarin line in general. They combined for eight points. Three for Lafreniere, three for Trocek, only two for Panarin. It's, that's how good Panarin's been. You see that he only, quote-unquote, has two points, and it's like, oh, that's it? Oh, all right, cool. I mean, I guess it's a pretty good night, right? But, uh, yeah, no, all those guys firing on all cylinders. And, again, it goes back to a theme that we discussed briefly earlier in today's episode, that there are guys all over the ice right now stepping up big in different roles for the players that are injured. Uh, you know, obviously, Philip Hedl, He's uh he's out right now. Vincent Trocek has stepped up big in his place. You've got you know, Nick Bonino. I haven't even mentioned him. Nick Bonino moving up from the fourth line to the third line and doing well, getting a lot of ice time, just playing his brand of hard-nosed hockey. He came close to scoring a couple of times in this game. One was off of a feed from Capo Caco where Fleury just made a ridiculous save. But uh, he stepped up big too. Bonino's typically a fourth-line center at this point in his career, and he's playing well, uh, getting more ice time. Uh, than he was getting earlier in the season. So that's another example. Uh, you've also got um, basically all the defensemen, Gustafson especially, but everybody's stepping up just a little bit in the absence of uh, of Adam Fox. So uh, good to see all around. And yeah, again, this, this Panarin line, you can't say enough about the job that they did in this game. We'll keep everything rolling in just a second. Want to shift our attention to the third period as a whole and just talk about the way the Rangers basically just dominated and again, kind of uh, got back on track after bit of a shaky second period. I mean, credit to the Wild. You know, they got their push and uh, they kind of discovered their game, but the Rangers took it right back from them in the third period and obviously dominated the third and, and went on to get a hard-earned, uh, very, very satisfying win here if you're a Ranger fan. We're going to talk about all that good stuff in just a second. But first, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Jace Medical. We spent a lot of time together, you and I. 
We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it is offered for you. Remember to use that promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Definitely want to uh, shift our attention to the third period of this game because what a 20 minutes this was for the New York Rangers. Uh, three different uh, goals scored uh, over the course of the third period. And honestly, watching this game, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, it felt like this was like three different games in one. Um, when you look at the edge that the Rangers had in the first period, you know, the Rangers, something that I feel like they are almost not getting enough credit for is the fast starts that they're having in games. This this was a real problem last year, especially around this time of the year. We know the Rangers slumped in, you know, mid to late October into November. That's when things got really bad. We had the Truba helmet throw, and then they won like five or seven in a row, whatever it was after that. Bottom line, they started playing a heck of a lot better. But a, a common theme in those games last year when they were really scuffling is they just were kind of asleep in the first period. They just started slow, just didn't have their A game, didn't have any jump in their game, weren't skating all that hard. Um, just weren't out there fighting, maybe taking too many penalties early in the game as well. And it's been exactly the opposite. The Rangers have come out with, with the exception being the fourth game of the season, which is their only bad game. You know, we're, what are we, 12, 13 games in now? They've played one bad game that was against the Predators. Uh, just didn't have that extra gear in that game. It's fine if it happens once in a blue moon. These guys are not robots. I understand that. So give them a pass for that one. Every other game this season, the Rangers have come out flying and ready to go, playing with urgency. And not doing that thing that I talked about last year where it was like, okay, you know, let, let's see what kind of game this is going to be. No, the Rangers are going out there and they're dictating. And that's awesome to see. And that was on display again in this game. I feel like if they've had a period throughout the season, and I'm doing this without looking at, you know, the, the goals by period stats. But if the Rangers have had a period where it's not as good as the other two periods cumulatively for the entire season, I would say it probably is the second period. You know, it feels like they're starting games fast and they're finishing games really well. They're winning a lot of games in the third period where, you know, they're they're tied going into the third period or maybe they're up by a goal and you know, they hang on for the win, whatever the case might be. The second period seems to be the one where they're struggling a little bit. Um, but, you know, the Rangers, again, they, in the second period, just weren't skating, couldn't get the puck out of their own zone. They were under fire. Louis Domingue picked them up uh, for the most part in the second period. And to see them then in the third period, because, you know, when, when this game went into the intermission, the second intermission, you're kind of, I mean, you don't give up, obviously. It's a tie game. The Rangers have played very well. And as I just mentioned, they've been very good in the third period this year. But this game didn't have the best feel to it. It felt like Minnesota was slowly but surely taking over the game. And like I said, largely dominated the second period. So to see the Rangers come out flying in the third period, get back to their A game and get back on the tack, that was just awesome. Uh, really just flipped the switch during the break. I don't know if maybe uh, LaViolette ripped into them a little bit. I don't know if uh, one of the other coaches did or maybe Truba said something. 
Um, but the bottom line, maybe nobody said anything. Maybe they all just realized we need to play better than this. Um, but one of the first shifts of the third period, you had Kreider moving uh, from the corner, passing to Wheeler on the doorstep. Wheeler couldn't quite bury it. He was looking for his first goal as a Ranger. Uh, that would come a little bit later in the third period. But that also kind of got me thinking because Wheeler on the goal that he scored, and we'll get to that in a second, kind of the same deal. You know, he's right in front of the net there in the crease. The Rangers all of a sudden have quite a few, you know, people that could be big, difficult to move net front presences. We know about Kreider. We know about those deflections and how um, just lethal he is with those in front of the net. But now you've got Will Cooley. We've seen him do that a little bit more recently. You know, get to the net, set up shop in the crease. Uh, Blake Wheeler, I mean, look, we know that at this point, skating and speed is not going to be his strong point. Well, being in front of the net doesn't really require a whole lot of either one of those things. Obviously, you need balance. And you know, if guys are trying to knock you out of there, you got to be able to, to stay upright. But yeah, Blake Wheeler could play that role for the Rangers. He's a big guy. And like I said, it, <laughs> speed's irrelevant when, when you're set up uh, in front of the opposing team's net. So I'm curious to see if we get a little bit more of that from Blake Wheeler going forward, where you know he's kind of setting up shop in the crease. Because he did that a couple of times in this game. Uh, came close to scoring on this feed by Kreider. And then, of course, did score a little bit later. And we're actually going to talk about that goal right now. Um, so, yeah, 2-1 at this point in favor of the Rangers. Rangers get a power play. And first unit is out there. A lot of passing around the perimeter. But a couple of clears by the Wild. Wild even had a shot or two shorthanded. Not a whole lot going on here for the first unit. Second unit got on. Wasn't really a whole lot better for a while. You know, some good passing. They at least set up shop in the offensive zone, but no really good scoring opportunities. So basically for a minute and 58 seconds here, this power play was not good at all. I'm not going to kill the Rangers for that because they've been excellent on the power play all season. Everybody's going to have a bad power play once in a while, but nothing was really happening here. No big time scoring opportunities to speak of. And then all of a sudden uh, you get a goal from Blake Wheeler. You've got Keandre Miller passing across the blue line to Alexi Lafreniere for the one-timer. Lafreniere lets it fly. The save is made. Uh, you get a rebound try, I believe, from Will Cooley. Another save made. Puck's kind of bouncing around there in the crease, and there's Blake Wheeler set up in the crease like we talked about just a second ago, burying the shot from the doorstep on the rebound. Three to one Rangers, and you could tell just by his reaction, you know, as soon as it happened, um, his interaction with his teammates, just the look on his face on the bench. This was a huge weight off the shoulders of Blake Wheeler. We talked about how long it took for him to even get his first point. Even that took about 10 games, nine or 10 games, I think it was, before Blake Wheeler finally got an assist for him to get a goal here. Again, weight off his shoulder, and um, hopefully this gets him going a little bit. Nobody expects him to be prime Blake Wheeler, but I've stood up for this move all throughout the offseason, all throughout pretty much the regular season. I mean, there's times where I've said, like, yeah, you know, Blake Wheeler, we need more out of him. We need him to get going at least a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I've stood up for this move. 800K, what are you going to do for 800K um, th that's a better move than picking up Blake Wheeler? You know, and Blake Wheeler took a discount to come here to the Rangers, chase a Stanley Cup. He wants to be here, so he's got that working for him as well. Uh, you just hope that he can be a steady depth contributor. Again, nobody's expecting prime Blake Wheeler point per game type stuff. Um, but obviously he can be a difference maker going forward for this team. And you, you keep your fingers crossed that that happens, especially now that he's on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. His role on this team is that much more important. And it's that much more critical that the Rangers get him going a little bit. And yeah, the, the, that line has struggled five V five uh, Kreider and Mika there. They haven't done a whole lot five V five, whether they were with Kako or with Blake Wheeler. Um, the good news is the Rangers are winning in spite of that. And that's probably a conversation for a different day. For the time being right now, let's just enjoy the fact that Blake Wheeler, and there's still some people I'm sure that are not sold on this move. They 
don't think Blake Wheeler is uh, is the answer right now. And, you know, I get that to a degree, but let's at least give the guy a chance. The Rangers are winning anyway. It's not like uh, they're, they're desperate to make lineup changes and all that. Uh, Blake Wheeler getting his first goal here. Awesome to see. Giving the Rangers a little bit of insurance, making it 3-1. to one. Then you come down the stretch here, and it's still 3-1. to one. Wild pulled their goalie with about 3.15 to go. We talked about some of the saves that Louis Domingue made down the stretch uh, in this game here. You know, the Rangers still up by two. Uh, among those nice saves, him robbing Matt Zuccarello on the doorstep. But then you get a face-off. Uh, the Rangers work it out of the zone into the neutral zone. And then pass over to Artemi Panarin. And he shoots from just outside the Ranger blue line. Dead center. I mean, Panarin can do this in his sleep. You, you feel like you, you could cut the net in half and have him shoot at it from from you know, that same spot on the ice, he'd probably still hit it dead center, no problem. And uh, that gives the Rangers a 4-1 lead with 121 left. But how about Artemi Panarin being on the ice for defense uh, late in the game with the Rangers protecting a lead? Now, of course, they were up by two goals and not just one. So a situation like that, you know, maybe LaViolette feels a little more free to just kind of roll these guys, you know, on and off the ice and not roll all 12 forwards, but roll more of them than you otherwise might. Maybe he's taking Artemi Panarin for a little bit of a test drive here in a spot like this. Like, okay, is this somebody that can be on the ice in a spot like this at the end of a game. I I don't think he's ever going to be like a go-to forward in a spot like that. But if if you have more options, if there's more guys uh, that can be on the ice in a situation like this, then maybe you first initially anticipated, you know, if, if Artemi Panarin at least becomes an option in a spot like this, that's a good thing. You know, why not? So uh, awesome to see Panarin get a, uh, you know, the, the empty netter, the, the game ceiling goal, making it four to one. And, uh, just awesome stuff all around. Like I said, the game got away from the Rangers a little bit there in the second period. Uh, but for the most part, I thought this was an excellent game for the Rangers. Only other thing that I wanted to mention here, the physicality. Uh, Gaudreau and Duheim uh, got into a little bit of a scrum during a play stoppage. And then the ensuing faceoff, the puck drops. The two of them start fighting. Uh, Barkley Goodrow landed a punch. They both fell down. And then the linesmen were about to break it up, but they both got up just as quickly. And props to Goodrow because when they fell down, Goodrow was kind of on top of Duheim. And kind of an unwritten rule, you know, don't punch somebody when they're down on the ice. So he, it was funny because Goodrow was almost like pulling him back up. Like, okay, we're going to finish this. I'm not going to hit you while you're down, but we're not done here yet. And Goodrow clearly won this fight. He he landed more punches. And um, Sam said something. Sam Rosen said something here that I legitimately laughed out loud. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but he said something along the line of, uh, I hope Goodrow's ba baby boy isn't awake to see this. Because, of course, Goodrow... Uh, new father, his, his son, I believe, is less than a week old. Um, I would imagine he, he probably was not up watching that. But, uh, yeah, funny to see, uh, you know, Goodrow, new dad, getting that dad power and uh, winning that fight here. So good stuff all around. Um, yeah, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. Just, just again, a really strong win for the Rangers, dealing with a, uh, a push by the Wild in the uh, second period there, but otherwise largely dominating this game and uh, going on to win again. And, I mean, 8-0-1 in their last nine can't argue with results like that. So good stuff all around. Uh, once again, thank you guys as always for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.